All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Beebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 7, Episode 24 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, we got Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Beebs Bondi. Boys, I'm excited about this episode for a couple of reasons. One, why? it's the first time we're back together in a couple of weeks now, so yeah. that's obviously more fun. Misty, too. <laughs> two good faces just a great week altogether. super bowl week you got the, the phoenix open it's yeah. just a great week olympics of sports. the olympics going okay. on right now valentine's day <laughs> yeah v-day for brock and his wife valentine's day hockey obviously it's yep. just a it's a great sporting week i always look forward to we get to watch switzerland play switzerland. hockey Dude, i was every other night i was watching uh i was watching them against the ROC there the other day, and Red O'Bear just made an absolutely massive Yeah, he was save. standing on his head. Oh, dude, I wanted to just, He's like, NHL ready. I Are you doing just... a squares pool, by the way, for the Super Bowl? Yeah, I will. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Off topic, but I will for sure. <laughs> nice. Nice. Your whole family always My dad me. was asking. That's why <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to ask him. Okay, he'll, yeah, for sure. Um, but <laughs> yeah, great sporting week, so looking yeah. forward to that, and obviously just to have the boys back here is, is a good time. So Last uh, time we did a show, I was like, Colorado hasn't lost since we last did a show. I don't know if they'll ever lose. And then they go and lose to fucking Arizona. So um, I've been humbled, fellas. Um, so I'm back. I'm humbled. And uh, now they're just shit pumping Tampa. So what? Uh, um, anyways. There's a couple teams in the NHL right now like that I can't figure out. Like, Who are the Dallas Stars and who are the St. Louis Blues? Like Those two teams, I just have no 
I can't get a grasp on either one of those squads. Like it's like it's similar to what you're saying. Like like Colorado, obviously they're a juggernaut. So losing to Arizona, it is what it is. It's a one off. Yeah, but happen. then like Dallas and St. Louis just do that shit all the time. Like they're just like they're, they'll play like unreal. They'll go on like a ridiculous stretch, dominate, and then all of a sudden they'll just like drop like two in a row to like Arizona and Buffalo. And it's like who the fuck are these guys? But anyways, um, so today's show we're gonna open up talking about just a couple guys who have been out um, either the entire season or for a very long part of the season that are nearing a return. Just kind of uh, try to get ahead of the curve to pick some of these guys up. We talked about uh, some of these players who we, we got ahead of the curve on, like somebody like uh, Pavel Francouz, and it's it's really paid off. So we're trying to get you guys ahead of the curve here for a couple of these guys who are expected to return shortly. And then we're going to look at second half um regression candidates guys that have had you know just terrific first halves that we expect to slow down here in the second half and maybe this is the time to make a trade uh we've been preaching to you guys to move chris Kreider uh, week after week not that he's had you know he's we don't think he's going to be terrible for the rest of the season but what he's done to this point is just super unsustainable um so my one buddy listens a podcast all the time and he's like dude i've been trying to trade chris Kreider." No one will accept anything. Like, what do I do? Like, who should I, like, what's the point I should go to? I'm like, dude, just keep offering trades for Chris Kreider. Like, something good is going to get accepted yeah, yeah, eventually. don't offend people offering the guy leading the league in goals. Exactly. You just leading the NHL in goals. That. Exactly. So, he's leading the NHL goals. I'm like, that's exactly what I said. Like, just keep pumping out trades. Something's going to get accepted. Finally, text me the other day. He's like, I did it. Done deal. I was like, who'd you get? And he said, Alexander fucking Barkoff for Chris Kreider <laughs> yeah, straight up. But I'm like, that was, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> It was going to happen eventually. So that's just kind of what we want to preach to you guys. These are guys that obviously are having tremendous seasons that are, are you know, carrying huge value. Somebody and, fucked up on that deal. Oh, man. <laughs> someone's going to be rattled. Like, the only thing I could think of was, like, maybe he needed a winger. Like, I didn't get all the details. and trade, But I'm like, that's just, I can't even wrap my head There's around no that justification for that. But, hey. He's like, that's the, best, that's the deal of the year. I better get a shout on the podcast. So there you go. Well, uh, um, he can thank us for that deal. You're welcome. Yeah, exactly. He's like, go us. It's funny because the day before he offered uh, Kreider for Roman Yossi because he needed help on D and it got turned down. <laughs> the next day he gets bark up. I'm like, what's <laughs> happening? But so we'll, we'll do that here in the second half of the show. Talk about some of our regression candidates for the second half of the season. But first off, let's start with uh, some guys that are returning soon. We'll start with Jack Eichel just because obviously I think he's like, you know, 89, 90% owned yeah. at this point. So you can't really get ahead of the curve and pick him up. Um, but it's just good news if you've been waiting on him all season long. He is still only 88% owned. So I do think that, you know, this is a player that should be 100% owned, especially playing in Vegas. So, you know, maybe he is still available in your league, but it does sound like his debut is coming next week. So if he's available in your league, make sure you scoop him up. And, uh, you know, if you're in one of those 12% of the leagues, but, you know, Jack Eichel, it sounds like uh, Mark Stone, again, this is unconfirmed, but Mark Stone's dealing with a bit of a back issue right now. It sounds like he might go on LTIR to create room for uh, Eichel. Whether or not that ends up happening, whether or not they make some other moves, put some other guys on on LTIR to try to maneuver around this remains to be seen. But speculation is right now that perhaps it it will be Mark Stone. So you're just um, subbing out a top 10 player for another top 10 player. That's just such a flex like, yeah it's it's pretty incredible yeah. but 
I guess before we really get into all the the, the sell high candidates, maybe it you know it's just a sell Mark Stone segment here. Maybe it's just you know yeah, you, you might, might be, not you, get another you, game. Yeah, you might not get another game out of him all season. Yeah. Maybe a, an owner in your league isn't aware of this potential news because at the end of the day, it's not a for sure thing. But at yeah. this point, if that ends up being the case, if you can get anything from Mark Stone right now, uh, it might be worthwhile. But he did just play in the All Star game too, which is kind of mind blowing because it's like, dude, if you're hurting this bad, why are you putting your bot on the line during that weekend? Like, go rest up. But I mean. That uh, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, he he hasn't been. We talked about him last week as maybe a, a buy low yeah. candidate because it's like you know things have changed. Things well, have changed. Basically, because we're we're saying like he's going to play with Eichel most likely. Um, but then now it's kind of everything's kind of flipped. So um, again, if you can maybe get something for him, and who knows, maybe he doesn't end up. Maybe he is still a buy low candidate, and he doesn't end up being the guy that goes on LTIR to create room there. But uh, that's just kind of what's in the wind at the moment. So Jack Eichel, obviously, we all kind of know what you get out of Jack Eichel. I, I you know, nobody knows what you're going to get out of Jack Eichel playing in Vegas. Yeah, but you'd same. imagine that if it ends up being. Um, if it ends up being Mark Stone who does go down, I would imagine that it would most likely be Jack Eichel, Max Pacioretty, and Evgeny uh, Dadnoff. So Dadnoff uh, probably be somebody that becomes a, a lot more intriguing. You know, maybe Chandler Stevenson goes to the wing. I doubt it. But, uh, you know, if it ends up being Dadnoff, Eichel Stone, Dadnoff becomes a lot more appealing. But uh, just really quickly, the last time we've seen Jack Eichel fully healthy, 36 goals, 42 assists, 78 points in 68 games. Those are Chell-like Quite numbers. Quite good. Yeah, this is a guy putting up 355 points in 375 games on probably like the worst team ever across the last couple of years. Um, it, so, you know, it, it's going to be nice to see what he can do with some actual talent around him that can help when he's not needing 100% of himself to drive the play. He has some people around him. So I think we're all excited to see what happens with Jack. But at the same time, we got to kind of realize this guy hasn't played in a while. Might be a little slow for him to get going. But, I mean, he's stepping right into that, that first hole. Um I'm not a huge Vegas fan, but I'm a big Jack fan, and uh, it's, I think it's going to be pretty cool to see what he does. Uh, we saw Kucherov kind of just step right back into it last year. Maybe maybe he's that, but it is a neck surgery that we're dealing with here. I just still can't believe this guy's back. Um, there was talk, you know, that this could almost stretch into the end of the next year, but now here he is in full contact jersey this week. So, you know. Yeah, I, I think we'd all agree, too. Like, you get the sense, or you got the sense, you know, over the last few seasons before he got hurt that we had never seen the best of Jack Eichel yet, and probably a lot of that had to do with the fact, obviously, he's very still, you know, relatively young and getting older, but playing, as Beebs mentioned, uh, with not a ton of support in Buffalo. Um, and, yeah, if he's healthy, like, the sky really is the limit here because while Vegas does have, you know, some, some top-tier talent, it's pretty much all in the wing, right? Like, they're begging for someone to come in and take the big minutes down the middle um, and just be the focus both, you know, I'd even strengthen as well on the power play. So he's going to come in and the best thing about Eichel's production when, you know, he had been healthy is the fact that he gets so many assists and shoots the puck so much. So there's just uh, a lot of reliability there in terms of his production. You know that he's going to be somewhere probably between 35 and 40 assists over the cor- over the course of a full season. Um, and he's going to shoot somewhere around 250 to 300 times. So, uh, you know, the goals are going to be there too. So it's point per game production, but it's, it's really reliable at the same time. Uh, and yeah, if he gets into a system with players that are obviously a better quality than he's ever been with before, um, coming into like, what is he now? Age 25. 25. Yeah. So, uh, sky really is the limit, but of course, you know, he's got to have a clean bill of health. So we'll see how that goes. And if it doesn't end up being Mark Stone, and he is, you know, they get Stone back healthy. They get Eichel back healthy. Is Patcher ready? Eichel Stone, 
it's like the best maybe line in one hockey. of the best lines in hockey. Like they would be so good. Like who's gonna shoot the puck? Though? Like Pacioretty's a perennial, you know, two fifty plus shot guy. Eichel goes two fifty almost every year. Yeah. Um, oh, they would just be firing the biscuit like crazy. Yeah. It feels so bad for goalies. It'd yeah. Just be, it'd be like that drill before uh, the teams get out there when they're warming up and they're just smacking the puck at the tendies pads. It's just going to be like that, but there's going to be defense in the way who just are going to be looking like pylons. Um, yeah, you'd have to, you definitely have to put them up there with, you know, Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak, probably McKinnon, another line. Randon, yeah, Landis Cog, Marner, Matthews. Like they would have to Bunting. be Bunting. Bunting. <laughs> yeah, don't forget it. They'd have to all be kind of like, they would be so, so good. So it, it's, it's going to be unbelievable to see. I like, I don't think like you, Anybody can really even fully comprehend just how good Eichel can be in Vegas. Like, he could be a fucking top five fantasy player. Like, he could be, you know, we were seeing signs of that coming, and he could yeah. be unbelievable. Helps them, too. They're just so, not so weak, but there is one weakness in Vegas. It's up the middle, and Jack is it, it, that plug. So it, And, like, you, you got to give credit to Chandler Stevenson and how oh, he was able to so fill good. that role for, for this time. But this takes them to just another level. And, and if... if Stevenson's production is any indication Jack Eichel is going to be wildly productive. Yeah, and I, I think the play for me, it would definitely be to move Stevenson down the line of a third line center. Yep. You still have the Carlson Marchessault Smith line as a, a really solid second line at this Very point. Uh, and yeah, Stevenson dropping down to the third line just makes the whole lineup that much deeper. So, and obviously, as you said, gives them one of the best lines in hockey on paper. So we'll see how it plays out. But I, for one, am, am going to be happy to finally see some success for the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be nice. You know, they haven't really They've struggled. Dealt. Yeah, they haven't had enough. Yeah, it's about time they had a half decent lineup. Yeah. <laughs> Those fans have been waiting. Crazy that he is just 25 years old too. Like really, like you know. As they move away from the, you know, Patrick getting up there in age, like really just moving into to Jack Eichel's prime here. Such it's, a good trade. They're going to be a force for years. Such, Such a, a good trade. Deal. Yeah, and Alex Tox had obviously a, a, a lot of success early on. Looks like a decent yeah. return for the Sabers too. But would have thought, yeah. aside from us, yeah, <laughs> our Alex Tox was the boy. He's got another no point doubt. tonight uh, to keep his point per game pace going, and he's currently only thirty three percent owned. So yeah, I mean, Alex I don't know how many times we have to tell people to pick up Alex Tuck. It's been it's like three years running, and and now he's in the best situation sure. he could have ever been in. But uh, another guy that I'm excited to talk about. Yeah, we're, we're reviving a Brock preseason favorite here. Yeah. Yes, Jakub Vrana at the moment just eighteen percent owned, so widely available crazy. across Yahoo leagues. Um, just a reminder: uh, last year Vrana came into Detroit, had eight goals, three assists, eleven points in 11 games did he have a game to boost those stats there yeah just a four goal game no big deal but uh you know also if you look back to when he was in washington 24 goals 25 goals 19 goals in in 50 games well that was last year's combined but uh 25 and 24 in his two years prior playing around 14 minutes a night there so always been a really reliable goal scorer in detroit after the trade he was playing over 17 minutes a night if there's any indication here um you know, Detroit's top six has been pretty solid all season. And the one thing that they've done lately is move Tyler Bertuzzi down the lineup with Pia Suter and Robbie Fabry and created a really solid second line that, that's that been very good for them. Uh, yesterday, Philip Sedino was on the, on the top line. Very good. They have been, honestly. They've been, oh, no, they've I, been, just, they've been I just think it's hilarious. Pia's being Suter's the boy. You know how I'm a Suter truth. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so yesterday, Sedino was on that line, but... It, realistically that looks yeah, like the, 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 the spot. spot for Verona. So when he comes back in the lineup, he's most likely going to be playing with Larkin and Lucas Raymond. Larkin's having a tremendous season. We'll actually talk about him a little bit more later in the show, but um, Raymond's obviously leading uh, rookie rookies in points. He's been great. So Verona could really step in and, and make a big impact here. Most likely going to be in the top power play unit as well. So if he, you know, if last year's production point per game is any indication, 
Yeah. I mean, we were talking about Jack Eichel only being 25. Jacob Verona, only 25 years old. Um, shot production last year, 32 shots in 11 games. That's almost three per game, just one off. And uh, that's one thing that's going to bode well in Detroit. Him just stepping in, like you said. He is, Zadina is a poor man's Verona. So I think Zadina is just, you know, getting that line ready for when, when Verona comes back. He is skating, right, Brock? Is he yes, taking yeah, contact Yeah, he's, he's skating. He's, yeah. he's not clear for contact yet, but it should be, you know, any day any now, day. really. I wouldn't be surprised. Probably not next week, but the week after. Um, it, it could be as early as next week. Yeah. And this is a guy who 24 goals in one season, 25 goals in the next. He's clearly uh, a, a higher end he's goal a, scoring he's talent a in the league. Shooter. Someone, if you're in, if you're in trouble right now and you're in the playoff race, you can pick this guy up and almost plug him into your lineup when he does get playing right away. And this could help you. This could honestly help save your season. These are the these are the top six forwards that you kind of need um, when you can't make trades after the trade deadline. And this is uh, this is like a trade deadline pickup. So um, I, I like it a lot. I'm currently stashing him in three leagues. Very nice. So I'm a big fan. Yeah, I totally agree. He's out there. I, you know, I joked that he's a preseason favorite for Brock, but I know we were all pretty high on him as a sleeper candidate at the start of the year, and we were super confident that he'd be able to easily outperform his ADP because he was going at the end of drafts. Uh, and of course, he got hurt, which was a huge, huge bummer. But yeah, he's just a guy that was buried on the depth chart for years in Washington and still put up really good numbers. As you said, Brock, sharp shooter, career 13.7% shooter, uh, but always had good shot volume and a limited role uh, in Washington as well. His last full season there. Uh, he had 187 shots on goal in just 69 games, playing just 14 and a half minutes a night. So we were all excited when he made the move to Detroit last year, even though, you know, obviously a uh, much worse supporting cast, although there's obviously still some high-end talent there. Um, just the fact that he was going to get more opportunity to kind of flourish even just on his own talent uh, alone. Uh, yeah, it was <coughs> enticing. And everything that you saw in that 11-game uh, sample size last year, gets you excited because yeah he was shooting almost three times a game and obviously you know 25 percent shooting percentage still uh just as sharp of a shooter as he's ever been so we'll see what happens when he comes back but uh yeah i think there's a lot of potential there for sure yeah and, and we've seen like obviously flashes of lucas raymond just being a ridiculously good passer um larkin obviously pretty solid playmaker in his own right you know it, it could be a really really good line moving forward and Okay, this is this is a bit of a homer take and maybe a, a ridiculous hot take, and and I'm not even saying I would rather have him than Mantha. Well, I'd rather have is him than Mantha, but okay. I'm not going to say that. that that's not what I'm going to say. I'm going to go way way crazier here, and I'm not saying it's likely to happen. But if if Patrice Bergeron misses any length of time here, Brad Marchand out suspended for six games five more after tonight they just got routed by the hurricanes they haven't been playing particularly well as of late if bergeron misses some time here and the bruins waste these games in hand here over the red could the red wings with verona back in the lineup potentially get into this playoff fight with the bruins for the final spot here no you don't like, like I'm not saying it's like <laughs> they got four games in hand and seven points. Yeah, that's a no. that's a big mountain. I don't but, think so at all. Though, so They've after tonight they'll have three. After hockey. tonight they'll have three games in hand. They've played their best hockey, Brock. After tonight it'll be three games in hand. No Bergeron for at, or no Marshawn for at least five of those. We're games. talking about a team that every year finds a way into the playoffs. Right, they have and that's Taylor Hall. They're just ready and willing to and waiting to step up into a first line role. Yeah, but now, who else? Is that? Now, right now, their their centers are Eric Howla, Charlie Coyle, and Jack Studnicka. I'm just saying, if Bergeron misses any stretch of time and and they and they don't take advantage of those games in hand, this is too. This is yeah, I'm but he could miss it, like three weeks and they'd still have like you know. Either games or points in hand on them. I'm just saying it could get a little bit more dicey than 
than ever. Somebody, I can't remember. I think they got to worry more about centers. I don't know. <laughs> Very fair. But uh, again, obviously a bit of a homer oh take. God. But I was abs like, are so bad. Eh? Oh man, yeah, they're not even a hockey team right now. I think they're on pace for the worst season in NHL history. Hey, you know what? Worst the fucking worst the finals last year, point. boys. Oh my yeah, goodness. Well, Cole Caulfield though, he uh, got his second goal of the year tonight, being drafted in the top <laughs> 100 a, this year. That is atrocious. Leagues. Very ugly. But all right, let's move on. The guy who got traded. Division. They got traded for. Jakob Verana, Anthony Mantha. Uh, he's only played 10 games this season, six points, two goals, four assists in 10 games. Uh, since joining the Capitals, he has 14 points in 24 games, six goals, eight assists. Uh, right now, this is a team starving for wingers. Um, outside of Alexander Ovechkin and Tom Wilson, it's been kind of a rotating mix of garbage in the top six. TJ Oshie has been out for the majority of the season. Mantha's obviously been out almost the entire season. It's been a lot of Connor McMichael, Connor Sheary. Hey, Schnively Dan- had two goals today. Daniel Strong. Schnively. Schnively. Yeah, it's just been you know a team that's starved for wingers, with especially with Oshie out. And Mantha's obviously a guy that, that can plug right back into that top six. So uh, Mantha's a guy that was back on the ice recently, somebody that's probably nearing a return in the next week or two, maybe three. I don't know how close he is exactly, but I, you know, as soon as they step on the ice, it's usually not long. Yeah. And uh, he's 23% owned right now as well. So again, more owned than Verona. I'd rather have Verona. I think we're I unanimous in that in that case. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, um, I w- but I, you would think these would be flopped. Flipped. Yeah. Own percentage wise. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, if Verona is not available, I think Mantha is a pretty decent consolation oh, yeah. prize. Absolutely. Much well, like the Capitals took the consolation yeah. prize in that trade. Seriously. I don't, I don't know how, uh, how, your, got all, how your boy pulled that one off. Did they get um, a pick in that too? They did a second rounder, I believe. Two. <laughs> For, dude, it's, it's literally my, it's my header on, on Facebook or on Twitter. I was like, oh, Facebook, we're going no, that far back. The trade like, is no. a one for three. Anthony Mantha, 16 shots in 10 games to start So we this got year. Richard Panic, Jakob Vrana, <laughs> a first and a second. What the fuck was that? Look at that. It's just tremendous stuff. Unbelievable. Wow. I should do the same thing with the the Duchesne trade. Spitfire's um, alum too, Richard Panic. Yeah. Or the John High School with that guy. Or, or the uh, Devon Taves trade. You could do that one too. That one was Yeah, no, a couple. Hold on. Can you blow up your uh, profile picture for us there, Brock? Are you guys serious right now? We're in the middle of a podcast. Well, no, I'll talk about Anthony Mantha needing to shoot more. Um, while you pull up that, that oh, look at that stud, handsome okay. devil right there. <laughs> yeah, thanks. But uh, visual podcast. All right, the only the, <laughs> the only other guy we really have to talk about, and he hasn't missed nearly as much time, but he's certainly somebody nearing a return. And if he, you know, um, you know, maybe you want to try, still try to make a trade for him because he has been out for some time. But Dougie Hamilton is hey. still out, but should be back soon. He is available in four percent of leagues, which is pretty wild. Seven goals, thirteen assists on the season, one hundred and eight shots. Very Dougie Hamilton like numbers. Um, but yeah not really somebody that yeah. that's available on the wire that you can um you can maybe make a trade though that 20 and 30 is is kind of it's dougie like but it's a little even down for dougie numbers we almost expect well, a little bit closer for New to Jersey point now. yeah, yeah i feel like they've been playing a little better since he's gone out too yeah. so and just jack Hughes Brad. is healthy <laughs> yeah yeah that's Jesper what i'm saying going you got oh, options yeah the boy yeah yes for brat yeah do you uh, think people get tired of us saying the name yes for brat well, no, because they probably either have him as part of the 55% that own him because they list the podcast, or they should own him. So you can't get mad at us if you should own him. So true. Yeah. Okay. So that's basically the injury report of guys that are nearing returns that we think that you should jump on. Um, that was good. If you aren't aware, Chris Kreider is somebody. 
somebody that you should probably look to trade. Uh, Chris Kreider at the moment has 33 goals on the season. An oh individual God. expected goals for of 20.7. So that currently puts him second in the NHL in goals scored above expected, which is usually a statistic you can look to for regression. Yeah. 22.5%. We've talked about it a hundred times. It's somebody that needs to be moved. We're not going to beat that drum anymore. But there are many other cases, not quite the same as Chris Kreider because he's the only one leading the NHL in goals. But there are similar cases out there that we are here to discuss. First and foremost, um, I guess maybe pat myself on the back a little bit on this one because, Biebs, I'm, I'm destroying you in our bet right now. Hey, Bjorkstrand scored tonight. <laughs> okay. It brings him to, like, what, 12 on the year? 14. Okay. Thanks so... Phil Forsberg absolutely dominating Oliver Bjorkstrand, which is great. But yeah. Forsberg sure looks like trade. a pretty good trade candidate at this point in time. Currently got 24 goals and 15 assists on the season. He's leading the NHL in in, in individual goals scored above expected. Shooting He's shooting 24%. 24%, which is, I think, second in the league behind only Marcus Foligno. Where did I stand a chance? Bjorkstrand shoots 24. <laughs> He's got 38 goals. He's not Phil Forsberg, though. Um, but... <laughs> The other thing that's worth noting, I mean, 15 assists isn't, you know, lighting the world on fire, but he also has a very, very high 11.9 on ice shooting percentage as well. So it seems like regression is heading his way. Again, that's a line that's been very, very productive all season long, but uh, he looks similar to Kreider, like somebody that you could move right now. And I think that you could probably get a, a very nice return for him. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about it in previous episodes. It's it, No one on Nashville will ever hit 40 goals. It's just, it's not going to happen, boys. Um, so there's no way you could put 16 back in this last little bit, but no, all jokes aside, I, uh, you know, 24% is crazy. One of every four shots is just, um, I, I don't even think I could do that on a wide open net. So that's just, it's bonkers. Um, I love moving them. I think that there is a little bit of point regression coming there and, uh, and you could probably get top end value off of people right now. Um, just the way this guy's putting up pointly or nightly production and, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing more obvious than a 24% shooting percentage. On a guy who does not shoot 24% usually. Um, yeah. I would trade him. I have him in our league, Biebs, and I've had a hard time trading him. Oh, but... do you? Johnny, oh, do you? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, our league is full of people that are more perceptive than most and also listen to the podcast. So yeah, We're going to uh, need that to stop. It's going to be even harder for me to move him after this uh, this Segment. episode comes out. But, um, yeah, no, it's obviously – I I've, it feels like a little bit like Pavelski last year – um, or Palat even, where it just feels a little bit too good to be true, but he's just not slowing down yet. So, um, yeah, I can't get anything close to fair value for him, and he's still obviously a, a really good player um, that you know we generally kind of rely on for like 30-30 type numbers. So he's still going to be useful the rest of the season. This so, is the season I've been waiting for my whole yeah, life. <laughs> yeah, if I can get... If I can get a much more reliable point-per-game player for him, then I'm going to take it in a heartbeat, but I'm not going to move him for someone else who's around the 30-30 yeah. type that's not playing out of their skull right no, now. No, we're looking for Chris Kreider, Alexander Barkov-like yeah. returns here. And I'm unfortunately just not that, not in that kind of league, but yeah. I, uh, would and def- if you were I'm gonna keep as trying league to move GM, him. I'm going to step in and be I'm like, going to keep trying to move him. The one so. thing that's crazy, too, is in like, again, this is a season I've been dreaming of from, from Forsberg for years, but... He, if you look at his career numbers, he's always just been right around that 12 to 14% shooting. Like this, there was no sign that all of a sudden this guy was going to shoot 24%. Obviously, these seasons come out of nowhere for everybody, but that jump, it's not like he's ever even had another season where he's been above 20%. Like this you, just came out. You say out 12 of to 14, like he hasn't had two straight years below 10 over here. Well, I'm just saying he averages 12.8 <laughs> over yeah, his career. That's but, fair. But, you know, the last two years, 10 points or 9.3, 10.6. Yeah. 
24. He, he's you also, put his last two years together, doesn't even equal this year. Yeah. He's also like pretty close to tying his career high in, in shot volume as well, which goes to you know show how, as you said, Brock, how well that line is playing as a whole. So yeah, averaging nearly three shots a game this season. Woo. Yeah, but I mean, like he's never been a guy to light the world on fire and assists. He's only topped thirty twice in his career, right? So once the goal is slowed down, like there's you know it's going to be a little bit, uh, I guess, touch and go in, in terms of his production, which is why you should look to move him if you can. But like we said, he's still going to be a viable asset, so I, I wouldn't just move him for. Like I said, another 30-30 guy. I'd be looking for a much more reliable point-per-game player. Yeah, I want me like a Marner. Um, yeah. One of those top-end well, talents. Not Marner right now. He's had too good of a week. But give yeah. me a Marner last week. Um, Marner, when we talked about him struggling a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Maybe Timo Meyer. He slowed down of late. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't scored five goals in a while. That's true. No, he's got to me, they're, they're two very... points in, I think, seven games since that the five-goal game. So. Yeah, they're pretty sim- pretty similar profiles in terms of fantasy production with Timo um, probably yeah. being a lot but more, a, a lot more reliable more. in terms of the goal we, production. We think so, right? And we think yeah. he's taken a real big step forward this year. But I think the more casual fan uh, might look at those two guys. Maybe they picked up Meyer off the waiver wire. Yeah, they're looking at him as found money, and they recognize that Philip Forsberg name. You know, he's obviously uh, he's been around forever. He's Is been he related to Peter? Forever. So, yeah, I, th- I think... That's that's the type of move I would love to make in, in a league where people don't listen to this podcast. But well, yeah. Um, so I would like to think that maybe you missed the boat on Troy. You know, trading Troy Terry, um, which we mentioned like months ago, I think, when we were laughing about how him being in the heart conversation on a <laughs> yeah, we step website, back but, to that. Um, yeah, it, we'll always bring that he's up. He's clearly just, just right on pace to win that heart. Yeah, too. he's yeah. for sure in the Glad conversation. We didn't make that call way too fucking early. <laughs> he's having a great year though. Yeah. To be he fair. is having a great year, <laughs> and I'm, I'm loving it. He looked, motor, he but. looked like right at home with the All Star game. I gotta say too, I was kind of expecting him to stick out a little bit, but no, he looked on par with the uh, with the uh, the big still boys, the All Star crew, the big boys. Yeah, yeah. but uh, still, eight, 15 points in his last 18 games, including 10 goals. He's been, uh, you know, really hasn't. hasn't slowed down at all but the red flags are plentiful here um i mean he's still shooting 25 percent on the season he hasn't even reached 100 shots yet so to have 25 goals and less than 100 shots is absolutely ridiculous Um, not even mad it's amazing yeah Yeah, so impressive 25 percent on the season it's ridiculous again third in the in the nhl in uh, goals scored above expected behind only forsberg and uh, Chris Kreider, not really much of an assist guy, just 16 assists on the season, but it is worth noting that 10 of those are also secondary assists. So um, even if the goal production, you know, slows down as the, as we expect, I think the assist production could as well. Um, you know, it, it's pretty hard to sustain that level of secondary assists at all times, just six primary assists on the season. So uh, the red flags are just kind of all over the place for this guy. Um, I, I think that, you know, if you were having a, a tough time trading Philip Forsberg, trading Troy Terry is going to be that much more difficult. Just send but, that article from the beginning of the year. Yeah, the Hart Trophy candidate. Hart Trophy candidate. For sure. But I, I think the one thing that's, that, you know, you can say about Troy Terry as a trade asset is, is it doesn't always have to be Chris Kreider for Alexander Barkov, right? It doesn't have to be yeah. one for one. And in a two for two or two for three type deal, Troy Terry could be the ultimate sweetener yeah. in a trade like he that. He also he 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 popped up his value um and and very easily next week we could be talking in the exact opposite regard, but put up a hat trick against the uh the very strong Philadelphia Flyers um terrible team, but yeah he scored a hat trick on them just a couple of the games ago. People are gonna see that they're gonna be like oh yeah he's still rolling um but yeah no regression incoming. Yeah I, I mean it's 
he's we've had a difficult time with him all season, right? Like like you said, there's a lot of red flags there, but there's obviously a major breakout that's happened as well because like he's eclipsed like so much more than like anything he's ever shown to this point uh, in the NHL, and it it's just been a weird kind of um, development because it it feels like it was like two or three years later than it should have been or than we mm-hmm. were expecting, right? But uh, that's just the way it goes sometimes. But and then yeah, it's a breakout season combined with some uh, probably a lot of good fortune as we've kind of outlined as well. So it's really hard to know where he's gonna. I guess kind of eventually fall right once the regression kind of sinks in because uh, he's still playing a ton of minutes like he's obviously got a good shot um yeah he's gonna be seeing all the right minutes like all the power play time uh, he's got great zone starts so yeah it's a tricky one um but you know he's not a point per game player so if you can get anything near that value right now then you got to move him yeah i'm gonna have to do a, a deeper dive here after the show um tomorrow and I, like yeah i was like i'm not doing it tonight <laughs> but uh <laughs> Like, do you think that maybe he's the first player ever to have 25 goals on under 100 shots? And there's, there's like potential. Phil Forsberg's right maybe there, like I guess, back in like the 70s when no, the no, but I guess I mean like in, like in recent memory, like in the last 25 years, like there can't be many cases like that. 25 goals and under 100 shots. Uh, NHL.com has got a real good resource to look that up. So maybe I'll try to do it as we continue this show. But that's just it's ridiculous. 25.3%. Yeah. Uh, moving on to a couple of Detroit Red Wings. So as good as Yakovrana looks as an ad, I think Dylan Larkin also is another guy that appears to be due for regression. He's been very, very good this year. Um, a huge bounce back for him too, right? I mean, last year was very disappointing. That team was pretty brutal. Um, it's not really all that surprising that when you surround him by a little bit more talent that it would help. He's been uh, very hot as of late, though, which makes him kind of a prime trade candidate at the moment. If you look back to his last 10 games, he has eight goals and 14 points in his last 10. So um, the numbers are really starting to stick out for him. He currently sits um, seventh in terms of goals scored above expected on the season. He's shooting 18.3%. Uh, 10.6 on ice shooting percentage is fine. The assists are probably right in line with where they should be. Okay. Um, but the creating, goal production, yeah. the goal production now at 24 on the season is probably something that's going to slow down a little bit. I would imagine, especially given, you know, he scored eight in his last 10 and, uh, 24 goals. He's almost reached his previous career high of 32 set in 2019. So he's kind of, <laughs> he's right there already. And now is probably the, the max value for Dylan Larkin. Yeah. I think the goals is where we really expect him to fall back. Right. And again, another guy that you, you want to be careful with moving because he's still going to be a really valuable piece the rest mm-hmm. of the year. And certainly Verona coming back and, and playing on that line could help offset some of that incoming regression as well. But, but the goal scoring is where we're really going to see it. Um, yeah. I, I just think that like right now with the numbers that he's been putting up and the underlying numbers for the last few seasons. Now I thought he was really unfortunate the last two years and obviously combined with uh, you know, a pretty poor uh, supporting cast around him made it pretty tough for him to put up some good county numbers. But yeah, I just kind of see him as more of like a 30, 40 guy. So the fact that he's already had 24 goals in 43 games, like there's just, he's going to have a hard time scoring anywhere near that pace from here on out. Um, but still like, he's going to put up a lot of points. So I I'd be careful with moving him because he is going to be a good player and he's on the red wing. So maybe people don't, you know, aren't super high on him, but, uh, you know, if you can get someone to kind of view him as, you know, the goal scorer he's been to this point and, uh, you know, a, point per game or above a point per game player uh then yeah that's where i look to move i'd look to move him for another point per game player you know that's that's where i'm at but uh i want someone really reliable because like i said he's still going to be a, a really solid asset moving forward yeah scary thing is you know 440 games before this year career shooting percentage just around 10 
um, coming in this or at the 18, you know, like you said, I mean, I don't want to beat the drum too much, but just the goals are going to slow down. But I mean, I was a disbeliever. I dropped this guy in a keeper league. I, I want nothing to do with him. And now I feel like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> last year was tough, man. Last year, the last two years were tough. You with, had 23 uh, points in 44 games. Yeah, Mike ah, Dillon, 53, 53 points in 71 games isn't the worst thing ever. But had. it was because we were also expecting him to kind of break out that year. You Wait, know? he scored like, 32 he goals in Rising, rising, rising. And yeah, he was. 73 points in 76 games and was probably a little unfortunate to not have more than that. So Last year when he wasn't providing any goals and just crushing my plus minus and I'm just putting him in night after night, it was, uh, I just, I couldn't look him in the eyes anymore and, and honestly keep him on my fantasy team. I just say I have a better relationship with the Dylan in this room than I do Dylan Larkin. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I, I hope so. Yeah. Well, that'd be scary if not. Just me and Larks. But um, yeah, no. I don't, I mean, what more can I say? 9.1% prior to this season, 18, over 18%, 18.3 on the year this year. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, also probably somebody due for a little bit of regression, um, specifically because he really just does not shoot the puck very much either. He is very similar profile to Troy Terry, only 100 shots on the year, has 22 goals to show for it, shooting 22%. Uh, on ice shooting percentage is quite high as well at 11.9%. Um, again, you know, certain people can sustain that, certain lines can sustain something like that. But again, we, we talked about how um, he's now currently on a line with Pia Suter and Robbie Fabry, and as good as they've been, they're averaging over 30. I think 33 scoring chances, four per 60. Um, so they've been solid, but that's quite a high percentage for for a line kind of of that talent level. So he's had a, a tremendous season, right? I mean, he really has. Oh, it's crazy. But it's just like, it, I don't know where he lands. Like Larkin, I, I think that we've established a pretty reliable level of production with Dylan Larkin, where we've really never seen anything quite like this from... Tyler Bertuzzi. I mean, his previous career high, he had 47 and 48 points in 18 and 19, missed all of last year with an injury. He's already at 41 points this year. He's already set a new career high in goals. It's just kind of come out of out of nowhere. Well, he did have that really great finish to the season. I think it was two yeah. years ago, yeah, right? He went nuts. Where he was when like, when they like didn't need him at all to do yeah, that. He was yeah. outstanding. Like he was well over a point per game, or I think over the last 10 or 15 games yep. of the season, uh, and probably turned a lot of fantasy leagues as well. Because uh, he was available on the wire at the time to play either wing for you. I picked him up, let it be known. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, it's a bit of a tricky one. Like, I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of return on him. But, again, if you can get anyone to treat him like the point-per-game player that he's been to this point, uh, I do it. Because, you know, uh, huge breakout year for sure. He's shooting the puck a lot more. Still, you know, in, in I guess in comparison to the league leaders of both terms of shot volume and goals, he, he's lacking a little bit, just two and a half times a game. It's a lot better than we've ever seen. But with a guy like him who's obviously not an outstanding playmaker, like you'd like a little bit more reliability when it comes to the goal scoring. So yeah, it's a, a little bit concerning. Like it's just not the most sustainable way to be a point per game player. And I don't think any of us think he's really quite that, but he's been very, very good. Um, but yeah, there's obviously a question of where he fits into that lineup or how that lineup shakes out, uh, you know, more so on the wing than down the middle once Verona comes back. So it's, uh, it's interesting because here we are talking about, Verona, potential point per game player. Larkin, potential point per game player. Kyle Bertuzzi, potential point per game player. I mean, and, but you guys only think it's a playoff team? I mean, come on. I um, mean, you look at the other players on that team, yeah. and uh, Joel Osterley playing nightly isn't really giving me Yeah, let's me, look at their defensemen the over the age of 19 and, yeah. and talk about their players. Joel Osterley. Um, the one Jordan, thing, too, about, about fantasy owners and certainly guys who are, you know, maybe not quite as experienced will often just look at the, at the game log and be like, okay, I see his numbers. How has he produced lately? And 
And Tyler Bertuzzi jumps off the page. 23 points in his last 19 games. He is shooting a remarkable 28.3% yeah. over he's that stretch. He's got a 16% career shooting percentage, though. So 28% is a little. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, I mean, he's always he's yeah. always made good on his chances. And it's kind of a, a topic of conversation I see on Twitter some, like very often. It's like, how the fuck does this guy still score so many? He doesn't shoot. He rarely shoots the puck, and he just doesn't stop scoring. Gets in the right areas. Yeah, he, he, he's no, uh, he's not shy to go to the dirty areas. He doesn't that's like sure, to just put one on net, just put one on net. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that both those guys continue that production for the rest of the season. But uh, it, it seems maybe a little bit unlikely at this point. Yeah. So um, I said the best has already came. Unfortunately, we were talking about the wings earlier. I just can't see them continuing to, to you know push out three point per game guys at the front. Um, I mean. Yeah, I can. Um, moving on, <laughs> we, we talked about this a little bit pre-show, which is this is kind of going to be tough for all three of us, I think, because we, we share the same sentiment in the fact that we are all enamored with Kirill Kaprizov. We all love the guy. Yeah. Um, but his two line mates, Matt Zuccarello and Ryan Hartman, do look like potentially sell-high candidates. I would say surely Ryan Hartman more than Matt Zuccarello because for um, – for Hartman, you're relying a lot more on the goal production than you are the assist production, where Zuccarello can be a lot more uh, sustainable, a lot more uh, of a point-per-game guy on a nightly basis. The one thing that really sticks out to me is Matt Zuccarello, 28 assists on this year, 20 primary apples, just getting that puck to Kaprizov uh, at will. But you take a look at Ryan Hartman. Um, he's also got 12 of 15 or primary assists. So just give the puck to Kirill Kaprizov, and he'll do the rest of the work. Yeah, I, I still like Zuccarello a lot. I, I think, I mean, we're looking at goals, right? And he has scored more goals than he should. Uh, he shot the puck just 81 times. And 17% of the Yeah, and he scored 14 times. But um, he's always scored at a decent clip, like always in double, uh, low, you know, 11 and 12%, uh, pretty consistent in that regard. Uh, at, honestly, just one of the most underrated playmakers of like the last five to 10 years in the league. And he's 34 years old and just kind of seems to still be getting better. Um, as he crazy. goes, yeah. So I, I, I'm a big fan of Zuccarello, and you know, I we were still talking about picking this guy up like two weeks ago. Like, yeah. So yeah. I just don't think like the mainstream. Yeah, you're not uh, gonna really opinion on Zuccarello is is anywhere near fair because yeah, he's scored probably like you know six or seven more goals than he should have. But I mean, you're well, not. Well, also up... you take a look at the on ice shooting percentage, twelve point eight. Hartman thirteen point nine. I mean, those those are high rates. Obviously, yeah, but you're playing with. Probably a top ten player in the league For right sure. now. And Kuro, Helps no, no matter what. right? And like I said, he's an outstanding playmaker, so it makes sense that he would operate at a little bit above, uh, uh, you know, normal in terms of on ice shooting percentage, and that is quite has been quite normal for him in his career. Ten point six career, which is pretty high. Uh, no stranger to finishing a season with like an 11, 12, 13 percent on ice. So I, I still like him a lot moving forward. And like I said, more than anything, like I, I just think that the public perspective isn't really there. Um, and yeah, you, you you're not really. Like, the goals have been a nice little bonus, but he's got 14 goals in 36 games. Like, that's not the reason you have him on your roster. It's because you know that every other game he's going to get you an apple, like, for sure. So, uh, <laughs> I still like him a lot, and I think he's going to be a really reliable point getter the rest of the way. Um, so, Hartman's definitely the guy I would look to move ahead of him. Yeah, Zooks, it's a guy who you grabbed, or, well, Hartman as well. It's it's a guy who you grabbed, and it's just, like, it's, it's a bonus. It's a sweetener on top all year, and you've just been kind of riding it. So, I, I'd say just keep riding that wave. Um, like we said, you know, no one's really going to success give the Norwegian wonder what he deserves as far as, uh, as far as trade value. So, um, yeah. Yeah. The only, like the only kind of formats I'd be maybe looking to move him is just if you're in a goal premium leagues and maybe yeah. someone doesn't quite realize, you know, how assist heavy he normally is. 
but other than that, I, I'm happy to keep him towards the bottom of my roster because yeah, you, you didn't give up anything to get to get him, right? So yeah, and that's kind of what I was getting at. Start more likely to trade Ryan Hartman. He has cooled off pretty considerably as of late. Not all that surprising. Three goals, two assists, five points in his last eleven. Um, but he's still eighty percent owned on the season. And he still has, if you look at the, you know, if they're just looking at the box score, he's still a guy with 18 uh, goals, 15 assists on the year. He isn't on the top power play unit. Joel Erickson Eck is on that top unit with Kaprizov, with Zuccarello, and our boy Matt Boldy. So he would be the one that if you can kind of cash in with this 18 goal, 15 assist to date uh, production, Hartman looks like the guy um, that you should most likely move. And, um, you know, obviously earlier he was relying very heavily on, on shooting the puck a ton, which is great. So, his, you know, his, on ice, or his shooting percentage isn't incredibly high, but uh, hopefully you can, you know, he's another one of those guys that you're probably not going to move in a super friendly one-for-one -one deal, but no. a, uh, a nice sweetener, I, I would think, in a deal. Uh, one other guy here to talk about really quickly is... Anthony Duclair, uh, again, the probably Duke. more of one of those sweeteners, but uh, Duclair, 85 shots on the season, just 19, or sorry, not just 19, 19 goals on just 85 shots, 22% shooting percentage, very, very high, 12.4 on ice shooting percentage, I think is obviously, you know, a, something that's a little bit more sustainable when you're playing with that absolutely elite top six in Florida, but, um, you know, I, I think that He's obviously shown a a lot of chemistry with Jonathan Huberto, who is probably the best playmaker in the NHL or one of the best playmakers in the NHL. And that's going to allow you to shoot at a higher clip. But Duclair is somebody who we've seen be very, very volatile. And I think it's kind of already starting to show up a little bit. I mean, at least recently, only one goal, no assists in his last four. Very small sample size. But if you look there too, only 14 minutes a night. That's the real concern is he doesn't seem to get the high usage that yeah. a lot of the other top players in Florida do. He's yeah. not getting that those bonus minutes, which which as we all know lead to those extra assists, those extra shots, those extra everything you need for fantasy numbers. Everything we love about, you know, guys like Cam Atkinson and people like that who just eat twenty minutes. Um so yeah. Yeah, I I you know I it's interesting because it pretty much all just comes down to his ice time. Like his shot volume isn't great, but again he's just playing fifteen minutes a night. Um you look at his uh you know, I guess it's been a full season in Florida now he's over the course of two seasons, he's played exactly 82 games uh, coming into tonight. 29 goals and 38 assists, 67 That's points, crazy. despite playing just 15 minutes and 28 seconds a night. So um, there's probably no one in the league of the last two years that's done you know more with less than Anthony Duclair. So uh, certainly deserving of more ice time. But again, like while he's seen that super limited time, it's it's like the juiciest 15 minutes you can find, right? He's playing with Huberto. He's seen some power play time as well. Um, so yeah, it could be, I think his defensive game kind of hurts him in the long run. Yeah, yeah. But it's as long as he's not moving up the lineup, like this is a guy that otherwise we'd probably be pointing to as like a breakout or a buy low. Cause while there's been some, you know, maybe some good fortune he's had come this way. That's padded the counting stats a little bit. Like he, he's been really productive since he's gone over there in, a, in an extremely limited, uh, role, but there's just no sign at all of like that increasing because that team in that top six is just so deep. Uh, and you know, it's been working as is with him playing in a more sheltered role and seeing less minutes. So I don't see that getting any better. So if he's going to, you know, continue to be anywhere near, um, what he's been so far, he's going to need to keep shooting well above his career average. Um, and yeah, it's just not obviously very reliable or very sustainable. So I, I agree. A guy you'd look to move, 
Um, but yeah, 35 points in 39 games. I, I think you can get a decent return for Duclair here. Yeah, he only needs a casual six more goals in his next 14 shots to try to, to tie Troy Terry for 25 on 99 shots. There so you go. Totally doable. I know. That's what I was just looking at too. Like I'm like, has anybody ever done this? And I'm looking. There's like seven guys that like could maybe do could, this year. Probably won't. I mean, six goals on 14 shots. That's just you know. Just to look, we we talked a lot about just uh, individual goals scored above expected, but there's also a lot of guys who are just really you know relying heavily on secondary assists, and one of those guys being Chandler Stevenson, just 17, uh, 17 secondary assists, nine primary assists, pretty big discrepancy there. Twenty six assists on the season to go with twelve goals. He's had a very very nice season, but as we talked about earlier in the episode, Jack Eichel coming in, this is a guy that's probably going to get bumped down the lineup. If people aren't aware of that. Now is a hundred percent the time to try to move Chandler Stevenson for you know probably anything would be good at this point. Um, the numbers are very very good though, but there's certainly you know some red flags there in terms of the secondary assists. Uh, also, the fact that the Jack Eichel's coming in is yeah. makes it terrifying. And like I said, I think it makes the most sense for that lineup to drop him down to the third line. But if 100%. that happens, like that, pretty much is. And Nick Roy's been fine on the wing like before too. Pardon? Nick Roy's been fine on the wing before too. Yeah. He's moved to the wing and they'd have no problem doing yeah, that. Yeah, or they drop him down and they yeah. got fucking four lines ready to go, you know? Still got Nolan Patrick as your fifth line center. <laughs> oh. Huh. He's around still? He played top he played uh he, he centered their top line with uh Patrick and Stone for like a couple games because Stevenson was in COVID nineteen. Um probably didn't, didn't do, do enough. He was to, on the top power play yeah. unit too, just didn't do a fucking thing. Um outside of that, there's I mean there's not a <laughs> there's not a whole lot of guys that really stick out as as massive regression candidates in um outside of the guys we probably talked about. I'm sure there's some out there. Mason Marchment would certainly be one of them leading the NHL in on ice shooting or on ice uh, shooting percentage, also shooting 17% on his own right. Um, but, you know, obviously we're not going to come in here and, and take a shit on Mason Marchment. What he's been able to accomplish no. to this point is really impressive. I'll allow that I, 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 I would maybe look to potentially move somebody like Anton Lindell in a redraft league. Um, not Certainly not in a keeper or dynasty league, but in a redraft, just again, similar to, to declared, it's not probably getting the ice time. The numbers suggest that he's probably going to see some regression moving forward. Yeah. Unless Barkov gets hurt and who wants that? Yeah. No, nobody. No, please don't even say That's those not words. Allowed. Um, <laughs> I don't want that. The one thing to, I don't even have him at all. I, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, this isn't talking about regression candidates. We're, we're moving on from that topic just sure. to finish off the show here. Yep. But, um, we talked about Johnny Gaudreau being a guy that could have a bounce back season this year, but like what he has done to this point deserves so much more credit and appreciation because he he might be the most fun player in the NHL to watch right now. Like he on a nightly basis, he's just doing incredible things. He's scoring at will. He's fifty five points in forty three games coming into tonight. He's just been incredible, and I I I don't think enough people are talking about just how good Johnny Gaudreau's been. No. Like, I don't know. Do you guys hear a lot about Johnny Gaudreau, really? Like, he's one of those guys where, like, but I think people got used to him just being like, oh, Johnny Gaudreau, he could get 100 points for so many years, and then it went away. But even when he was doing that back in the day, you really didn't hear that as much as you probably should. Um, and I think it's almost like people just don't want to go back there, but but he deserves it. You're right. But it's funny. You said he's pro- he's maybe the most exciting uh, player to watch every night. I didn't realize his name was Kale McCarr. That's just, I'm just trying to figure that one out. Um, no, I'm kidding. It's uh, it, it, He's one of those guys where you notice him when he's on the ice, and uh, Calgary's got a couple of those. Another one with the last name to Chuck, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think like the, that 99-point season he had, it, like that line was so good that it was almost more about the three of them, like him, Monaghan, and Lindholm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and than, it, than it was about Gujo being like his true breakout because I think we just kind of expected that to you know continue with with them and obviously yeah it's that's more gone on that's gone back. super south I think all three of them are playing or no like two of them are playing center now anyway but um yeah like he a really really good player like that team as a whole had a couple of down seasons and he didn't put the, the puck in the back of the net himself so that was enough to kind of drop him off but the assists really haven't wavered that much I mean he's not hasn't been the 60 point guy uh, that he was for a couple or the 60 assist guy that he was for a couple seasons there but uh, kind of right back on track to hit those those numbers this year so yeah great to see I, I agree probably going a little bit under the radar um, but I think Calgary kind of does that in general in yeah Canada. maybe trade Chris Kreider for Johnny Goudreau oh my god That'd be the best. Um, and again, so this week we took a look at regression candidates for the second half of the season. Just previewing next week, we're going to look at the opposite end of that spectrum. Guys that we expect to maybe break out here in the second half of the season. Just a preview because I know Biebs hates this guy. But uh, leading the NHL in goal scored below expected, my boy Trevor Moore. And uh, just fill in the net, but not fill in the net as much as you might think. Also, because... hasn't played the game, hasn't played a game in a week and a half yeah, because so... for some reason LA just doesn't have any games this week. Well, because um, they didn't have COVID, they didn't have anything canceled. Every time I try to pick up Trevor, give him some respect, shit like this happens. Oh, is that what this is? This is a COVID week? Next two weeks, because this is supposed to be they were supposed to be at the Olympics, so these yeah. are just all the makeup games. That's why the schedule is so wonky. These gotcha. out west teams are just not even playing. Like that's why um, the Senators have five games this week because they had like forty games canceled. Yeah, I didn't know COVID was never in Los Angeles. That's good news for people who live there. It good was there, it just didn't didn't take <laughs> part with the hockey. Yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, not one and the same. <laughs> but uh, all right, that's gonna do it for today's episode of the Daily Faceoff podcast. Again, next week we're gonna take a look at the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, so hopefully. Some of these guys that we talked about today, if you do own them, you're probably sitting pretty because they've all had terrific seasons to date. But just do not hesitate to make big moves. That's what wins championships. And you making those moves at the right time makes it all the better. And it doesn't really seem like there's a better time to trade most of the guys that we talked about today. So Super Bowl uh, week, might as well make make your team win a ship now. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's magic in the air, exactly. boys. Exactly. Speaking of Super Bowl, who magic you guys got? Magic in the air. Uh... Go Rams, go Matt Stafford, baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm going Rams, 27-24. There is a Windsor alert on the Rams. There is one. And that, yeah, it is my cousin's husband's cousin. So, so make that connection. In I'm head. pretty much playing in the Super Bowl on Sunday. OJ Togway? No, his name is. It's that lineman, right? Oh yeah. What yeah. is it? I don't know. He just uh, got signed recently. Hold on, but, uh, hold on. Stall. It's <laughs> it's is Eric Stall's brother. No, Gunner I just don't want to say brother? it wrong. Uh, I yeah, but uh, it's not OJ Togway who also played for the Rams and was from Windsor. Yeah, no. So basically, if you're from Windsor, you have to play for the Rams or Seattle. Luke Wilson. Um, but uh, no, yeah, I got the Rams taking this one in a tight one. Joey B's not gonna let it get untight. Alaric Jackson. That's the name. He is, he was undrafted in the draft this year, and he's been a backup lineman for the Rams all season. From um, Windsor. Yeah, he's from Windsor. He is my cousin's husband, cousin. And I don't know how many injuries it's going to take for him to see the field on Sunday. Doesn't matter. But, My cousin's uh, just being in the buildings. Yeah, Sorry. he's there. And he's been on the team all year. And he will get a ring if they win. So I guess I'm going for the Rams. It, yeah, it feels Although like a Bengals win would be pretty fun too. But I Did mean, you see? Okay. Right. They're both good. It's like a year where I'm like, I, most years I'm like, fuck both these teams. Yeah. This year I'm like, you know what? I just hope one. I know that's wins. what kind of sucks though, because like yeah. it'd, it'd be great if you could get behind like well, like I would yeah. love to get behind the Bengals, but I want to see Stafford win a Super Bowl so bad. It's the closest that Detroit's ever going to get. You got Stafford and Eminem in the Super Bowl. It's as close as we're ever going to get, most God, likely. I just want Larry Jackson's going. there. Yeah. yeah, winter alert. Brock just wants to depress me as we. My brother, here. pretty much. <laughs> D's cousins, my first cousin's son. dog, cat. There was uh, owner. 
There was something else I wanted to get to for a second, but I I, I can't remember what it is. Keep sure it next really week, important. Yeah. Yeah, apparently it wasn't all that important, was it? Yeah, is it um, trade Chris Crowder or pick up yesterday? No, it was Brad? something more about football, which really is not what we're here for. Huh. So uh, I guess that's going to do it. We all got the Rams. Yep. Right? Okay. Uh-huh. So we all got the Rams. I'm so going to get Bengals zero are... and seven in Brock's uh, squares pool. Yeah, I'll most likely win money again. But uh, wow. thank you guys so much for tuning in, as always. Wow. We'll see you guys back here next week. Sounds like that's almost rigged. <laughs> Can't be rigged. Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I down. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. The time slows and my vision arrows. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Sing your hearts out, sing it loud. Make me happy, make me proud. Black holes, solid ground. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.